Welcome to episode 156 of the Woman of Marvel podcast, where we assemble to chat all things Marvel and more. This is Judy Stevens, producer. Today's episode is coming to you from the moon, a.k.a. Hawaii, where we were on set with Marvel's Inhumans. Please welcome to the podcast, Sorinda Swan, Isabel Cornish, Ellen Woglum, and Sonia Balmores. Hello, and welcome to the Women of Marvel podcast, where we assemble to talk all things women, all things Marvel, and more. I'm Lorraine Sink, host and writer of Thwip, the Big Marvel Show, and the Marvel Minute. And we have a very special guest here from Marvel's Inhumans. I'll let her introduce herself. Hi, everyone. I'm Sorinda Swan, and I play Medusa. I'm so excited for the show. <laughs> uh, and it, we got to do some uh, chatting earlier. Yes. I, I just love hearing your story. I, I kind of want to hear it again, if you don't mind me asking, uh, about what it's been like just uh, finding out that you're going to be part of the Marvel Universe. It was really interesting because obviously from the audition process, um, it's so secretive because oh, yeah. it's such a big deal. Um, and with IMAX coming on board and everything, it's, it's, you know, it's one of the pilots, or I mean, it's not even a pilot, it was straight to series, um, that was on everybody's radar, but nobody knew what it was. And so you get the email and it's like, these sides will destruct in 24 <laughs> hours. And you're like, is it dangerous? Like how, how destructing? Um, but literally the sides will go offline, um, in 24 hours. So you have 24 hours to learn it, figure out what the character is or as best you can. Um, and then you go in and you, and you do it for casting and producers and everyone. And so there was a bit of a time between when I went in to when they did the casting or when I actually got cast. So I had forgotten that I'd even gone out for it. I mean, there's so many in pilot season, you're kind of buzzing around. But I remember really loving the character. I had no idea who she was. She had a completely different name. Um, oh, that's interesting. Yeah. So you couldn't even really do research or anything. Oh, no, right? nothing. Nothing at all. Um, my name's Marjorie and Marge on the call sheets to this day. And, uh, and I went in and I auditioned and then I came back the next day and they were like, they'd called and been like, we might go English. And I was like, oh, I, my mom was born in England. I can do an English accent. So I went back in, did it in an English accent and remembered really, I love the casting directors. Um, Libby's insane. Um, and I just left feeling really good and happy and then let it go. And then we got a phone call about a month later being like, hey, so looks like some, an offer might be coming in for that role. Um, it's this, and I was like, what is this? What role is this? And they told me, I was like, I loved that. What is it? And they're like, okay. And that's when they told me sort of the scope of what it was. Did you even know it was Marvel? No. <gasps> no, no. Oh, I didn't I know. Realize. I was like, wow. When I first auditioned, I had no idea it was Marvel. Um, but I knew who she was. I didn't know she was Medusa, but I knew the character. Like, I got her. Like, the character description and the scene that they wrote, I was like, I know you, and I know how to play you. Um, and so once they told me, I Googled Medusa, and this was before that I'd signed to been like, this is, we're doing it. I Googled to see her, and there's the picture of Medusa sitting on the throne with Lockjaw. And Lockjaw is an English bulldog, but I have a French bulldog. And I was just like, come on, this is so my role, this is my dog. It's the superhero version it's of you. Super, exactly. I was like, this is the best. And so I kind of knew from there, I was like, this is going to be mine. I got this. Um, and there was, you know, there's a lot of processes of putting everybody together and getting the cast and working out contracts and all of that. And so I had gone in, I had tested, I had done all of that and got approved. And then it was the final, like, wait until, you know, and in our industry, we never get... It's never like, great, deal, awesome, go. It's like, yes, no. Yes, no. It's you. It's her. 
Like you're like, what? So there's never that sort of like rest, at least when you're coming up. And I'm still very a developmental um, uh, client for, you know, for my agents and things like that. So you never really want to be like, it's definitely you. Um, so we knew that the deal was possibly coming in on Friday. And uh, I was in the middle of getting my nails done because I was like, I need to distract myself because it has to be done at six o'clock. And it was like 5.50 and no call. And I'm just sitting there, I'm like, well, it's fine. I'm either going to like wipe my tears away with shiny, nice fingernails, or I'm going to like break them because I'm going to be losing my mind. That sounds so tense. I just know that feeling yeah. where you're waiting for a phone call and you're like, I have 10 minutes to just know what's happening. Oh yeah. Like insane. And I was supposed to be flying out the next day. Like, like uh, tickets were booked. Like it was just this contract. And so, um, so the, my phone rings and my, my nail girl knew that this was happening and she's like, oh, get your phone. I was like, shh. She's like, get it, get it, answer. I'm like, I'm trying, but my hands are drying. She's like, I don't care, just mess up your nails. I'm like, okay. And so I'm like smushing the phone to my face and trying to talk. And when when you get something, usually the assistant of your manager will say, I have, I have the entire team for you, which means your entire team is on the phone, which is good news or terrible news. But in the sense, I was like, I think it's good. I think it's good news. And so I'm like, hi, guys. And they're like, hi, Sarinda. And I was like, okay, please, you got to tell me something. Like, they literally left, the, like, the longest pause ever. I was like, come on. And they're like, it's yours. And I just, like, smiled ear to ear and took a deep breath and put my phone down and, and kept very calm and paid for my nails and walked away and got in my car and, like, just, like, shallow breathed the entire time. And I got home and my mom was visiting because if I had to leave the next day, she was going to be taking care of Buddha, my dog. Um, and I remember just, like, opening up the gate to my front door and walking in my stairs and uh, I got my hand on the doorknob and I could feel like my breath broke it went from like holding it to the like <laughs> like that breath and I just opened the door and my mom was sitting in this chair um, over on the left and I walked in and I looked at her and she looked at me and I just went I got it like I got it I got it I got it I got it and I just burst into tears like it was it's I've been so close for so long um and it's really rare that you want a role like this that is so powerful and is such an incredible woman to play with a voice and she's not only a voice for herself but she's also a voice for a man and I love that I love that she has that like duality to her and, and speaking of that mm -hmm. I I mean what is it like working with that and I know, you know, you get to be the filter on the voice of the king. Yeah. I mean, what is it What is it like working with that process? I think it's incredible. I, first off, I love the concept of it. I love that they've entrusted his voice to a woman and not to, like, a male advisor. And she's just like, meh. Or, like, she doesn't have a backbone. She's like, I say whatever he says. No, they have arguments. They, like, get in it. There's She has an opinion. She has, you know, she has, she has a presence. Um, and so I love the fact that they've done that and I love their dynamic and it's not flippant. You know, they've developed this over years and years and years. Um, I mean, when he was 14 and went through pterogenesis, that's when this happened. And he never would have been able to speak without her and without her bravery walking into a room going, I know you can kill me with a whisper, but I'm going to sit here and we're going to figure this out together. And the beauty of that. But it's a woman who rescued a man and then stayed by his side and continues to help him evolve. So that's where I'm like, 
I, Way to go, Marble. <laughs> I feel like this is the perfect st- thing to be said on this podcast. <laughs> Literally, it's like what we're all about. It's yeah. just very exciting to hear. And also something I love about Medusa is she is somebody who's, she's not a hulking figure by any means, but but she has this, I mean, besides her sort of huge emotional strength, she has this prehensile hair mm-hmm. that also makes her like this incredible force to be reckoned with. And I love that they've given her strength and her beauty. I feel like a lot of the time hair is oh yeah, it's so very like sexual of- and very like big and this and that. And for her, it's like it is. It's beautiful and it's sexy, but it can also kill you. So back up. Like they've given her that 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 element, um, which I love. And it is. It is prehensile. It is something that we that every day she picks up the salt or opens the door or whatever. But then there's like this incredible love scene that you see with Black Bolt, where it's like becomes something totally different like it's a part of her whole body um and then you see these amazing fight scenes and she's throwing people across the room so there's you know there's there's this whole other world to her and it is a strength and it's a strength that comes out of something that's very like quintessential beauty like very typical beauty as a woman like oh your hair is it should be like this or it should be like that and they've given her that but to like the nth degree where it's pretty much on the floor but it has strength and it has power and it has um, this like just this yeah this badass I love it yeah. I lo- I, when I put it on I'm like dun 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 I am her and then a gust of wind comes and I'm eating it and it's attached <laughs> to a tree and then I'm like and it weighs can a you million pounds me? I assume it weighs a million pounds I, we were joking earlier like everybody's like you just look so regal because my head's always like my nose is in the air I'm like that's because there's like 30 pounds pulling my head backwards <laughs> so it's like it's heavy but it's it's a joy. Like what? I, I mean, I get to complain that I'm Medusa. Uh, you get to be the super queen strong. of cl- superheroes. Yeah, not bad. I'm job. the queen of the Inhumans, having superpowers on the moon with Marvel. Marvel, who is teaming up with IMAX for the first time to bring it to this kind of scale. Like what? What? Yeah. It's incredible. Is it different working with IMAX cameras? I didn't really notice the difference. I mean, it. it the, the presence of the camera is much different because they're huge and they come with much more technicians and it's all of this. We had a really incredible director that kind of guided us through it, Rule. But when you see it, there's definitely a difference. Yes. I know I'm very excited to see it because yeah. I know some things that are in IMAX aren't even filmed in IMAX. And so they're kind of letterbox, but this is actually shot this with IMAX cameras. I, I, IMAX. I was going to say iBox. Um, it's all IMAX. And that's what's great is for these two, first two episodes, it is you are immersed in the world. Like it just puts you in there right off the bat from the opening shot. You're like, <gasps> where am I? I can't wait to see it. Yeah. Well, I can't wait for you guys to see it. It's, it's really incredible. And I I want to talk to you also because in the royal family you have a sister, a little sister, um, which I'm very excited to see that dynamic because, Mm -hmm. I mean, especially because we haven't seen these characters ever before in live action. uh, And Crystal is a character who's kind of come back and forth in comics. Yeah. Um, So what is the dynamic between you and Isabel like and what is it like uh, having that sister dynamic? It's lovely. Isabel is the sweetest human being ever. She's just like... She's a doll. She's a doll. She's literally a doll. Like She looks like a doll. She is a doll. She's just wonderful. Um, and so she makes my job incredibly easy. Incredibly easy. But it is. It's, it's a family dynamic. Um, obviously one that is put under stress very quickly. So you see it as a heightened relationship versus uh, the normalcy of like a normal kind of uh, uh, interaction. But um, that's kind of the fun part. It's like you, would, you don't want to watch a movie of like normal family life. That's not what you want to watch. Yeah, no. Well, I don't know if there is normal family life. No, we're in humans. We're yeah. in humans. We're not, it's not, nothing is normal. 
I also want to talk to you a little bit about, I know that you have done some like really cool philanthropic things. Yeah. And I was like, oh, that it makes sense to me on some level that uh, someone who would play Medusa would have sort of that sort of same internal connection mm. to the people, right? And taking care of the people. Do you, do you feel that's true? I, I definitely use a lot of that side of me when I play her. I think there's sort of a, like, moving from love um, and finding what you love and coming from there. Uh, I think Medusa does that a lot. There's a groundedness in taking care of people. And I, I'm a Cancer. It's what I like to do at the same time. But I think for me, there was this duality between, you know, the child in me that really wanted to be an actor, that really wanted to play make-believe and get dressed up. And then as I grew up, the adult was like okay, it's kind of a narcissistic industry. So what are you going to do to be able to give back? Like, how are you going to be able to um, have your success be the success of another and not just make people maybe laugh, maybe cry if you're good, but definitely buy like overpriced popcorn and like things like, like what else can I do? And so I started to look at the spotlight that I would be given because that was something that was difficult for me to be like, how do I like, the kid in me wants the spotlight, 100%. The kid yeah. in me wants it because it means I'm doing good work. It means I get to celebrate. It means I get to do fun things. Um, and a lot of people don't like saying that, but, like, the kid in me really does. It yeah. really, it really wants it. Fun things are fun. Fun I don't think there's fun. anything wrong yeah. with that. Yeah, but then how as an adult do you balance that out? Right. So you take that spotlight and you shine it on other places uh, within the world or other issues that you care about, and you use it to sort of deflect what you don't need. Because I feel like a lot of people get, like, engorged with, the spotlight and with the celebrity and all of that, as opposed to just being like, yeah, it's a byproduct of my job. Now, how do we do something about it? And so, you know, on the second season of Graceland, we got a whole season written in on anti-sex trafficking, which I cycled across Cambodia to bring awareness for. And we do a skydive every year um, to raise awareness for three different organizations, one in Nepal, one in India, and one in Cambodia. Um, so we do that again in August. Sorry, Marvel. <laughs> Maybe I won't jump. Uh, be but, careful. Yeah. Just be careful. I just be careful. <laughs> I know. I was actually shooting one year during, I was shooting a movie, and we did the jump on the weekend, and I came back, and the, the director was like, so I saw on, uh, on Instagram that you went skydiving yesterday. Is that true? I was like, no. Nah. No. Well, that was an old That wasn't. Photo. He was like, I saw your face flapping. So, yeah. No, you definitely did that. I was like, uh-huh, uh-huh. So I, we'll see what happens this year. Um, but, yeah, it's it's wonderful to be able to, to introduce things that I care about to others and have things that other people care about introduced to me. That's part of the reason why I love interacting with fans and figuring out because these are these are people that that I care about. Well, I, I don't think anything better could be said than that. That was amazing. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Uh, where can fans find you online if they want to interact with you or send you fan art of your dog? Oh, yeah. I mean, fan art of my dog is the way to my heart. Um, I am on Instagram, uh, which is just my name, at Sarinda Swan. It's the same thing for Twitter. There's like seven different Facebook accounts, so I would suggest not trying to find me on there because that you're not you're going to be talking to Bob from like Wisconsin. Bob from Wisconsin is so charming. And he's so charming. I've actually heard he says lovely. He's probably cooler than me. And then I don't know where you would sit. I mean, the best thing is, is I always, the one thing that I do find is if somebody posts a picture on Instagram and tags me in it, I usually see those. My assistant helps me too to look out for those because that's really special that people do this for you. Like the time and effort that people put into doing these things is incredible. And I like knowing people's stories. So if you ever do send me fan mail or fan art, tell me your story because I'd like to know where it comes from and I'd like to be able to interact and learn and grow with you guys together. So that's amazing. We'll, we'll figure out where you can send it. <laughs> 
you're literally standing in Black Bolt's throne room. And we have one of the amazing Inhumans with us. Why don't you introduce yourself? Hi, I'm Isabel Cornish, and I play Crystal, the youngest member of the royal family. And I would say one of the more interesting members because you have a dog. Yes, I have a 2,000-pound teleporting dog, which is pretty cool. Now, did you have a dog before this? I've had many dogs, yeah, throughout my life. I grew up on a farm, actually, so we had lots of dogs, lots of different animals, but I've never had one this big. <laughs> no, I don't think they make them this big. <laughs> and also, like, the, to be able to, for you guys to focus on set and for special effects, he's blue. Yes, he's blue or invisible. So sometimes we have a blue dog for one take, but most of the time he's just completely invisible. So I'm just acting to, to my, my imaginary dog. And I feel like that's, that's pretty hard acting to imaginary, like to think that there's this dog who it has all these powers and can, tra- like, can transport you, but he's not there. Yes, it's a, cha- it's a challenge, but it's also fun. And I like experimenting with it and I like pushing the boundaries of that. That's so cool. Now, Crystal has really interesting powers. Can you talk a little bit about what she is able to do as an inhuman? So Crystal controls the elements, so she does fun, exciting things like throw fireballs and, you know, set people's, makes people's guns ice. Oh, cool. <laughs> literally cool. Yeah, that's literally cool. We actually talked about writing a game for you uh, based on the band Earth, Wind, or Fire. Yes. <laughs> because you have, like, the elemental powers. <laughs> so so what, what, would be, what would be of your favorite thing that, like, Crystal can do, like, being able to, to, like, the different powers of, like, like, would you like to throw fire or ice if you could do that in real life? If I could do it in real life, hmm. I think fire is pretty awesome. Fire is probably my favorite. Do you have practical fire on set when you do it, or is it all kind of in your mind? So we actually, I throw fireballs in one of the first episodes, and they actually, for the last take, set the... Um, Sonia, Sonia's plate on fire, which is pretty cool. So she had to actually have her plate set on fire for the, the real take. But most of the time, it's just going to be all CGI. It's so cool. That's amazing to, like, play with fire. <laughs> I went into work today, and I played with fire. <laughs> so what, what made you want to become an actress? Mm, so many things. I... I love acting because I get to express all different parts of myself that I didn't even know were possible. Um, I get to share my experiences with other people, um, make stories come to life, take on new adventures, new characters, get to travel. Um, every character is a challenge, but every character has new discoveries. And I just really like to show audiences stories and to really feel those emotions. I think that's what the most, if there was one thing that would be the most exciting for me, it was get, it's getting to experience emotions that I don't get in my normal day life when I'm in the scene. Because as actors, if we're in a scene and we're acting something, we're really feeling it. It's, we feel every part of that. So you get to feel like pain and, you know, power and all of these things while you're acting, but you're feeling those in your fingers and your toes and you can feel it throughout your whole body. So it's like, yeah, it's quite powerful. It feels like electricity. So I think once you get a taste of how it feels to act, you just want more. Oh, that's incredible. 
Now, I know because I creeped on your Instagram, like a normal, totally normal person. But I'm a health person. and fitness nerd because yeah. I am. Put my hand up. You're doing some really, like, incredible yogi positions where people are, like, yeah. picking you up. Um, one, just kudos. That's crazy <laughs> and awesome. But does that sort of physicality and sort of your love of fitness uh, make it easier to be kind of a superhero, you know? It made it really exciting for me because... I've always wanted to play a character where I can be really physical too because I just love, like, I admit that I'm a self-admitted health and fitness nerd now. I used to just pretend that I wasn't that into it, but, like, once you get me started, I just, like, I love everything about it. So for me to be able to play a character that has all this emotional stuff but also has all these powers and that will hopefully get to fight and do all these things was really exciting, exciting for me because I love the physical aspect to to marvel I, I feel like as someone who is also a fitness nerd i do triathlons oh my god so i'm definitely the person in the office that's constantly being like let's do something like a push-up challenge and everyone is always like judy i'm the one who says no. i yes. asked uh, we were shooting in the grand hall one day and i was like this would be really awesome if i could go over there right now and do a headstand and like get the perfect photo like on the th- i wanted to do a headstand on the throne with like the big lightning bolt coming up but it wasn't appropriate, so I just <laughs> kept it to myself and just envisioned it and of how cool it would be. But if when we're done in here, we, we won't just, tell yeah, anyone if you do it. We could do it. But don't hurt yourself because <laughs> we'll get in trouble. Yes, we don't want to get in trouble. <laughs> well, you know, I, you know we, were, we were talking about this recently. We're traveling a lot, and, like, you know, when we're traveling, it's hard to work out. Do you sort of have any advice for people out there who are, like, who want to get into fitness, but they can't get over that block? Like, yeah. I think the most beautiful thing that I've actually discovered, this is a new part. Firstly, you only need the size of a yoga mat to do like the most intense workout ever. There's this class here that I've been doing called like um, Yoga Sculpt. And it is, you're on a yoga mat, but it's literally a cardio dance workout. And it's so hard. So you can push yourself. But for someone that's a beginner, I think the most important thing is just to move and just to do what you love. So just walking out outdoors and what made has made a huge difference in my life is in the first half of the day no matter if I'm spending the day at home no matter what time it is just getting outdoors because there's something about the sunlight on your skin and and just getting outdoors in the morning can really change everything about your day and everything about your body works because your body likes to know the natural rhythms it likes to see when it's dark and it likes to know when it's light so it's really helped getting outdoors at, in the mornings to really set yourself up for a beautiful day. I love that. I, I'm a, I write a lot of the shows, and so sometimes that means I sit in my dark little yeah. apartment all day on a yeah. computer. So I understand that like, if you're working in an office, my biggest advice would be like to get up in the morning and walk to go get your coffee. So when the sun is up, you're outdoors. And even if then you go sit in an office all day, it's that setting that off on the right foot and then creating that throughout the rest of your day and just going for walks whenever you can. Yeah. I mean, especially here in Hawaii where you have this beautiful landscape everywhere. Yeah. But you're from Australia, correct? I am. Yes. Um, I just wanted to make sure that I wasn't making it up. Um, Is this kind of similar to home? I mean, Australian... Australia has a lot more dangerous wildlife, I think. Yeah, we do. But it is similar. Um... That's what I love about Hawaii is the beautiful beaches and just I am and I am such a fan of nature. I grew up on a farm in the Hunter Valley 
So to come here and I grew up with my mum, we grew up on a, a house right near the ocean. So the ocean and nature and all of that stuff is what makes me thrive. So I was really excited to be coming to Hawaii and it is a lot like Australia. I always like this is, I say this is the second best place I've ever been. Second best, I love it. Yeah. <laughs> um, we're probably just about out of time yeah. with you, but uh, is there anything that you would like to tell the Marvel fans uh, before they check out the Inhumans? I would like to tell you guys that it's going to be it's going to be awesome. That I'm really excited to have so many people watching this journey of the journey that Crystal goes on, and I just I really love to share that with other people and. That's why I'm, I'm doing what I'm doing is so that I can affect other people and I can have people on that journey with me. Great. Do you have a Twitter that people can follow you on? I have an Instagram. I have a Twitter too. It's just Isabel Cornish. So my full name, I-S-A-B-E-L-L-E-C-O-R-N-I-S-H. Great. Well, thank you so much for joining us. This is great. We're clearly going to go outside and have a walk now. <laughs> <laughs> We have a very special guest from the cast of Marvel's The Inhumans. I'm so excited to have you here. Please introduce yourself. Hey, aloha. I'm Sonia Balmoris, and I play Oran on Marvel's Inhumans. Are you so excited I'm to be part so of this? I'm so stoked. I'm so stoked. And I'm also extra, extra stoked because we got to do this huge IMAX premiere around the world. And I'm right now filming in Hawaii, where I'm from. And now I'm a part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe forever and ever and ever. Uh, yeah, it's dream come true. You're canon now. Yeah. Uh, it's so cool. I mean, just to set the scene for you guys, we are sitting in the actual throne room in the actual set for Marvel's The Inhumans. Uh, you guys are still shooting at this point in real life. Um, <laughs> is this real life? In real it's, life. It's real life. This, this is, is really your life. Wow. You are a Marvel superhero. Ah! So cool. Um, so you are, as you said, you're a Hawaiian. Mm -hmm. uh, what is it like to kind of come back? I know you uh, you live in L.A. now, I believe. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But to come back and get to do this, what is it like? Yeah, it was so crazy, the whole um, casting process. Um, I heard about it and that it was filming in Hawaii, and I just sent it to my agent. I'm like, is there anything? Can I serve coffee? Can I go home? Anything? And they're like, oh, yeah, we'll look into it for you. Um, and uh, when I got a call back, I got to go directly to a producer session and meet Jeff Loeb and Scott Buck. It was so cool. I, um, I, I didn't think it was real until I like, they're like, oh, we have to fly you out tomorrow. I'm like, oh my gosh, like it happens that quick. And um, yeah, for me personally to come home to the islands is a dream come true. I, it's just so nice. I was so comfortable because I, I, I got to work with some big stars that I'm a fan of. Like, Elon and Ken, like I grew up watching Lost. I watched all the Game oh, of yeah. Thrones. Like I was like, when they started announcing who, because even I was in the dark about who's going to play these other parts. And when oh, I so did you find out with kind of everybody else? Yeah, yeah. It's very secretive. I don't, you don't know anything. Oh, yes, we know. Yeah. <laughs> and so um, when I found out about them, I'm like, oh. so I, I was nervous because I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm going to be working with these people that I watch and I'm a super fan of. But the fact that I knew a lot of the crew members here in Hawaii, it really, I was comfortable because I know a lot of the guys and girls that work on set here. And so I, I know felt you at walked home. in today and you knew our crew. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a small place. I so, love it. Yeah, I feel extra comfortable and um, it just helped because I'm already shaking in my boots now working with my peers who are these great actors. So yeah, 
Oh, I'm just still pinching myself. They're in good company. <laughs> Thanks. Um, so you play Aron. Uh, can you tell us a little bit? I'm going to just say right here, there might be some mild spoilers if you haven't seen the first couple of episodes. So I'm prefacing that. If you hear something you don't like after this, it's your fault. Yeah. Stop now while you can. <laughs> um, but can you tell us a little bit about uh, your powers and also your position within the royal family? Yeah, so as head of the Royal Guard, I work really closely with Black Bolt and Medusa. I'm kind of their eyes and ears. I hear the planning and what they're thinking, what they're doing. Um, and then I kind of hop ship to the other team when Maximus takes over, and I am um, pretty much his henchwoman. I do all the dirty work for him and pretty much help him start this coup, military coup. And it's pretty, it's pretty shocking. It's a big, big reveal. And now we have, you know, two sides vying for the crown, one protecting their crown and one going for it. So yeah. I, I'm, a, I'm a villain. I get to be so one fun. of the Marvel Cinematic Universe villains. <laughs> so what do you think Ooh. makes a great villain? A great costume, um, <laughs> a great haircut. Um, <laughs> You know, you as an actor, you never judge your characters, you know? And I think I personally think if you're going to play someone who's what the audience would call a villain, they never think of themselves as a villain. They're going after what they want because they believe in, you know, the theme or the hope or the, the message that someone else is, in my case, what Maximus is shopping around. I take it and I believe, I believe it and I run with it and... I see a better future for than humans, and um, yeah, it's a big, um, big transition, and I totally believe in him. That's just very cool. And yeah. also, you are, correct me if I'm wrong, you're going to get to be a little bit of muscle, so you get to be yes. pretty butt-kicking yes. warrior woman. That is the funnest part. I've gotten to do so many cool stunts and fight scenes, and um, yeah, I got to kick butt which is great. So I've been boxing and like getting in shape and working with the stunt choreographer. Yeah, what stuff. is your fight style like for, um, the, for the show? I'm very scrappy and kind of all over the place. I'm not like a martial artist. I'm full on, will just box you to death, kick you, jump over you, whatever I need to do. I'm very crafty, Ooh, I very like crafty. It. I can just pretty much do anything. And I have a gun, I have a pulse gun. Ooh, yes. that's fun. So, I'm, you know, I'm a soldier. I kind of would just do anything. So maybe Krav Maga, which is like annihilate, is pretty much the um, goal in Krav Maga. It's just like kill yeah. with whatever is around you. That's really awesome. Yes. Um, as far as, it, you know, becoming the character, we're in a really rich world that has its own society. It has mm -hmm. these incredible sets that we're sitting on right now. Um, what is it like sort of sinking into that world and like, you know, putting on the costume, mm -hmm. being part of this really different society? You feel like you're in another world. And my favorite set is, this is the throne room here, but my other favorite set is a courtyard, which, spoiler alert, houses another inhuman. And his um, ability is he transports people just like um, Lockjaw does. But to use him, you walk through him and through a wall, and it's so cool. And he's like really high. That was one of my favorite scenes to film. Is he's a really funny, um, irritating character, and mm -hmm. you have to like deal with him to get him to do stuff. And um, it's beautiful set design here. It's like stunning. Feels like you're on the moon. And the quiet room is a spherical 
ball of a room. It's just like, it blew my mind. When I read the script, I was like, oh, the quiet room where Black Bolt meditates. Maybe it's like a little closet or like a little yoga show. Like, you know, I was just thinking like very small because that's how my imagination goes. But I got here, I'm like, thank God I am not the set designer. These guys are incredibly talented. Like, out of this world, it's beautiful. I am joined by Ellen Walker. That's right, you are. I'm so excited to have you. You are in Marvel's Inhumans, and your character has been really cloaked in mystery. You haven't got to talk a lot about it, but you are a human, so you're not an inhuman. That I'm aware of. That you're aware of. We haven't gone through Terra Genesis yet, so we might find out something else. <laughs> um, but what has it been like walking into this project? I mean, Marvel's a big world of big titans. What has it been kind of like joining the Marvel Universe? Uh, well, originally when uh, Jeff Loeb called me and he was like, you know, welcome to the Marvel family, that was a really surreal moment. Uh, a really an amazing moment, uh, but totally surreal. Um, you know, as, as an actor... It's freelance, and we do jobs, and and then we're unemployed, and then we do jobs. <laughs> I hope for another job, and then we're unemployed. And so, to get something of like the Marvel scope, it's just a really was just a really um, just incredibly grateful. Um, and then coming into it, it's been such a welcoming family. Um, it hasn't felt it's so inviting, even creatively. You know, I mean, you feel like you're you're able to explore things, and it's been a really welcoming environment and I'm gonna be really sad to go home. Oh I know and you're in beautiful Hawaii. What is it like shooting here in Hawaii? Uh, it's 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 gorgeous. Like even driving here today I was looking up and I saw the you know there's the just the mountain ranges are gorgeous and and I thought, you know, at first when we when we got here you have to kind of mentally prepare like, oh okay, I'm like here for a while. Like I'm here like you need to at first you kind of feel like you're on this very long like there's so many uh people here vacationing so it's weird to be here working and we also have experienced that (laughs) yeah so that feels really weird so you have to kind of find like your routines and like you know oh this is where I go to get my coffee in the morning before going to work and this is my route to work and now I don't need to have GPS because now I know how to get to work and like just things that now were were far enough along that it sort of feels a little more settled and um I, I like for a brief moment had a thought of like what if I just like didn't go home though what if I just yeah. stayed here? <laughs> I had the same thought. Honestly, once yeah. you come somewhere this beautiful, you're yeah. like, why do I want to live anywhere yeah. else? Yeah. I live in New York. New York is dirty. <laughs> so <laughs> I definitely feel that. Yeah. Um, now, you're originally from Tennessee. Is that right? Well, I was born in Nashville, Tennessee, mm-hmm. but then we moved to Vermont when I was like, I don't know, 10 months um, and grew up in Vermont and then in Colorado and then back to Vermont. Technically, New Hampshire. It was like on the border of Vermont and New Hampshire, um, but that same community. So mostly Vermont and Colorado. Very nice. And beautiful places also. Beautiful places. So the the reason I ask is because I was thinking, you know, if you're from like a smaller place entering into a big city, I mean, is there any parity to that with sort of coming into this like whole society that is established with the Inhumans? Yeah, you know, I think uh, for me, I moved to to Los Angeles. I grew up in these really small rural towns, um, but we moved around a lot. So it allowed me to, you know, I went to like four different high schools and it sort of allowed me to be really good on my own um, and adapt to things really well. Um, And so when I moved to LA when I was 17, 
it was, I mean, it was hard, don't get me wrong, but it also was, I, I was able to like, you know, I was, I was okay on my own and figuring things out. And, and I think for this character, for Louise, it's, um, it's sort of the same thing. I think she's a very focused and a very solitary person in a lot of ways and a, and a very introvert, introverted person. And so I think, she, but I think she's also, you know, very adaptable and can, um, can navigate things really well. So I think it, it, there's definitely some parallels parallels there um well where can fans find you online you can find me on instagram at ellie wogs um and you can find that's really yeah i'm also on instagram go check her out on instagram and check out the show on abc thank you so much thank thank you that was great (laughs) thank you Thanks to the ladies of Marvels and Humans for joining us on the podcast. Tune in Fridays to catch all of Marvels and Humans at 9 p.m. on ABC. As always, if you have questions or suggestions, please email us at womanof at marvel.com or tweet at Marvel with hashtag womanofmarvel. We'll be back next week with Sarit Klein, lead makeup artist of Marvel's The Defenders. We'll check you guys later. This is Marvel, your universe. Yeah.